Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's uh, crack a beer and get the ball rolling. Just here for the beer. Um, man, I gotta say, Mini, it's, uh, it's been a minute since uh, we've been on the air with you guys here just by myself for a while, so um, without uh, further ado... Just here for the beer. What do we got going on tonight? Um, tonight's beer is actually being brought to you by um, my one and only father, uh, Joe Cashman. Uh, I was actually over at the uh, the parents a couple nights ago. Um, I was on dad duty, and he was uh, gonna give me one of the uh, this beer I'm drinking with you guys right now. Um, decided to uh, be a responsible dad. <laughs> took the beer from him and said, hey, this seems like a cool beer. Uh, I'm going to do it on a podcast. So without further ado, thanks, Dad. We got the Pseudo Sioux Pale Ale from Toppling Goliath a Brewing Co. Um, Toppling Goliath is actually located, excuse me, in, um, I think it's pronounced Decorah, Decorah, Iowa. It's about 20, 25 minutes south of the Minnesota-Iowa border. Um, so yeah, it's <clears throat> for those southern listeners, I don't know if anybody from Iowa listens to this, um, it is off of Prosperity Road um, and uh, a little bit of off of County Road um, 42 West as well. Um, but needless to say, um, not, not a bad beer. Um, not a bad beer. Um, don't know that I would get it again. Um, it's a single hop pale ale that showcases the Citra hop for a well-balanced beer that is delicate in body with a mild bitterness in the finish. You can say that again. Uh, ferocious hop aromas of citrus and mango give a refreshing taste that is bright with just enough bite. Um... So, um, yeah, like I said, I, it's, it, it's got a cool can. It's got, um, a dinosaur kind of chewing on the pseudo Sioux part of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we've done so many beers and so many stuff with you guys to know that I'm typically not a pale ale drinker. Um, for me, there's got to be something kind of really special about um, uh, a pale ale for me to want to, you know, go out of my way to get it again. Again, you know, we've gone over this before. There's a difference between a good or a bad beer and a beer that I don't like or a beer that, you know, I like. Um, I'm not going to go as far to say that it's a bad beer. I am going to say is a, a beer I... I don't prefer, um, you know, the, the pale ales just tend to be, you know, more bitter. This, in my opinion, is pretty bitter. Um, I don't get as much of the citrus, you know, aromas, the mango, like I talked about, um, that, um, is on the can. Um, and because of that, it's just, it's not for me. I, you know, part of the reason I don't typically go for pale ales is because of the bitterness, um, just, just not my cup of tea. Um, 
but you know, hey, that's um, that's just my opinion. Uh, if you are a pale ale drinker, I would say give it give it a shot. Um, let me know uh what you think, and um, yeah, so. All right, yeah, so, yeah, like I said, I mean, not, again, a pale ale that, you know, a kind of a beer I typically don't go for. Um, it tastes a little more bitter than your average pale ale, in my opinion. Um, so because of that, I'm going to go 4-7. Like I said, if... If you like pale ales, like if I was in a pale ale mood at some point ever, or if I ever got into pale ales, I would not be opposed to getting it again. I just, I'm not typically into pale ale, so 4-7. So yeah, that's what I got on the beer. Um, You, de you guys definitely got to go check out um, their website. Um, They got a lot of cool stuff going on. They have merch you can... um get um from them it's kind of like a cool kind of like a barn ranch um kind of place that it's located it seems very very cool i would definitely suggest if you're ever down in that area go check them out um they got a bunch of events um you can it looks like they're hiring um but above all else you can find them on facebook twitter instagram and YouTube, the website is tgbrews.com. Uh, and for those that are interested in going to check them out, they are open Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., Fridays and Saturdays, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. So that is what we have uh, this week for just here um, for the beer. Uh, as for the Tommy Town, we do have um, some news and some accolades to um, bring up uh, today. So starting off with our women's hockey team, um, back on the day before the last podcast on July 20th, it was announced that seven women uh, Tommies garnered the Camp uh, Crampade slash, slash H A C H A All-American Scholar Honors. Um, the seven Tommies were forwards Makaya Almlik, Luci Bianchi, Anna Erickson, and Allie Morian, and the defensemen Maddie Klo, Emma Larson, and Elvira Svensson. All of them received um, this honor. The ACHA uh, recognizes varsity ice hockey players who compiled exceptional results in the classroom during the 21-22 season. This award also recognizes student athletes that obtained a 3.7 GPA each sum each semester, sorry, and had to appear in at least 40% of the team's games. So, needless to say, congratulations to all of them on these uh, accomplishments. Excuse me. Sorry, not sure what just happened there. So, yes, congratulations to all of them. Um, and then for the men's basketball team, uh, the day before that was announced, the St. Thomas men's basketball um, team uh, was a repeat honoree on the academic honor team list. 
for the 21-22 season as well. Presented by the National Association of Basketball Coaches, the NABC. St. Thomas had a team GPA of 3.22 for this last school year, including seven Tommy players that made the university's dean's list at least once last school year. Coach John Tower's team had six athletes recognized on the NABC Academic Honors Court. That award spotlights juniors and seniors from last season with 20 from 21-22 GPAs of 3.2 or better in the classroom, um, including junior Brooks Allen, who is a financial management major, Bert Hedstrom, who is a grad student majoring in engineering, um, senior Kevin Cunningham, uh, who is a financial management major, senior Parker Bjorkland, who is an entrepreneur major, senior Riley Miller, who is a marketing management major, and senior Zach Thiessen, who is a business management um, major. So congratulations to all of them as well. Um, going farther on my notes here, um, no new news for the women's basketball team. Uh, the football team, no new news <clears throat> for them as well. As of right now, we are a mere 35 days away um, or seven weeks to the day until their first game. Um, excuse me, until their first game uh, at uh, Southern Utah. Super excited. Um, guys, college football is just right around the corner. Um, even more exciting that they're coming out with an NCAA Um NCAA uh, 23 football game uh, a year from now. So super, super stoked. Um, as for the volleyball team, excuse me, uh, while on the topic of, excuse me, um, accomplishments, um, the back on the 18th, uh, the St. Thomas volleyball team earned the AVCA award for the USMCAVCA Team Academic Award following the 21 season. The U.S. Marines Corps and the American Volleyball Coaches Association announced back on the Monday. Uh, the award initiated back in the 92-93 academic year, and, the, uh, and it honors volleyball teams that maintain a year-long grade point average of 3.3 on a 4.0 scale or a 4.1 on a 5.0 scale. The Tommies are only one of 215 Division I programs to earn the AVCA honor and marks the first time the team has received the award at the Division I level. Uh, so congratulations to them. Um, AVCA Executive Director Kathy DeBoer said, Academic achievement does not happen by accident. I'm so proud of the hundreds of coaching staffs that make excellence in the classroom a priority. So um, you know, again, this just speaks volumes to the c culture that uh, St. Thomas uh, has there in uh, St. Uh, in St. Paul. So, congratulations to the volleyball team and congratulations to all Tommy athletes. Um, you know, like you know, the um, uh, AVCA director said, you know, it it doesn't happen by accident. Um, and to know that you know a lot of these student athletes are putting the student um, first is just it's it's huge and it's um awesome so not only did that happen but we are uh for our volleyball fans a mere 29 days away until the women's volleyball team opens up their season with the bobcat classic uh once again that first game will be on august 26th in bozeman montana they will be taking on grand canyon 
um, on the 26th, and then at later that in that day, San Francisco. And then on Saturday, the 27th, they will be playing Montana State. So can't um, can't wait um, for that. And then we have one more uh, team to highlight. The women's softball team back on the 13th actually released their 2022 fall schedule. Um, the, uh, the Tommies will open against Winona State at 1 p.m. on September 17th. And then eight days later, the team will travel to Iowa City to square off against Iowa at noon on the 25th. And then in October, St. Thomas will welcome Concordia of St. Paul at noon on October 2nd. Um, and then the Tommies will close out their um, small uh, four-game uh, fall schedule with a road game at Minnesota on Friday, October 14th at 5 p.m. Um, the Purple will play two of the four fall games at South Field. Uh, the, the team is returning 19 athletes from the 2022 season, including Summit League Freshman of the Year, Brooke Elistad, uh, while wi welcoming four freshmen. So um, can't wait uh, to see them uh, showcasing uh, their talent. And uh, without uh, further ado, why don't we move on to our local business shout out. So this week's local business shout-out goes to uh, Smith and Trade Collaborative is, I believe, what it started off as, but it looks like now it's known as Smith and Trade Mercantile, and they're a cute little uh, gift shop in uh, located in Stillwater, Minnesota, kind of between the Freight House and uh, Brick and Bourbon area, just I, it looks like a block or two away from um, the area, so... Highly recommend you guys check these out, but super excited about giving them a shout-out. Um, they actually followed the mini weekend uh, earlier this week. Um, thought it was super awesome. Uh, looked through their page, uh, looked through their website a bit, gave them a follow-back. And um, I got to say, uh, in the pro being in the process of moving, uh, I'm, I'm starting a uh, – <laughs> A list for some stuff that my wife and I have to get for this place. Um, super, super cool. Uh, one of their so they do a lot um, with um, local uh, artisan um, and um, people that just uh, you know that have a passion. Um, they wanna they put a face and a story to a handmade product. And let the buyer identify and embrace why that person put such a passion into their creation. Um, and I just think um, a lot of their products are just um, awesome. And they honestly speak for themselves. Um, their website is super cool. Um, the place was actually um, founded <coughs> excuse me, um, by Kelly um, and Paul Kaufer. Um, who, excuse me, um, started this a little more than three years ago, but the mercantile part um, came to be about in 2019 um, when they actually partnered with, um, excuse me, a loyal customer turned friend uh, who was bringing an extensive background in their business operations and development with over 20 years of consulting organizations focusing on operational and culture changes. Um, you, you guys have to check out uh, their website, smithandtrade.com. 
they have so many cool things. Um, they they're an expansion on the rise. So if you're interested, uh, go to their website. Uh, reach out to them. They have an incredible wallpaper, um, collection. Um, they have they have a lot of things uh going on, and I urge you guys to go check them out. Um, let them know what you think. Um, they have classes you can sign up for. Um. A lot of a lot of really cool things if you don't want to go check out the website but you're still interested you can find them on Facebook uh, Instagram and YouTube and they're actually open all seven days a week they're open Sundays through Wednesdays 10 p.m. to 6 p.m. and Thursdays through Saturday 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. once again smithandtrade.com you can find them on Facebook Instagram and YouTube go check them out guys and let me know what you think now for our professional sports, um, starting off like we usually do with the Twins, uh, definitely uh, stumbled out of the gate um, after All-Star Weekend, um, and I gotta say, um, the two-game sweep uh, we took at the hands of the Milwaukee Brewers, I think is definitely... Um, it's definitely, I don't know if you want to call it a message, but it's definitely something this front, this front office has to take um, very seriously. If the front office really feels like this team has what it has to take, they need to make some changes at the pitching, um, at the pitching position. Um, Minnesota in this game came all the way back from being down um, – Four nothing, uh, four two, four three. Um, I mean, they battled all the way back uh, to make it a six six game uh, after the fifth inning, just to give up a run in the bottom of the ninth. Um, I mean, that's just you know, that's just the this epitome of the Twins team. Not that they're not doing great. You know, we're still sitting fifty two and forty five. We have. Uh, you know, a two-game lead currently on the Cleveland Indians. Sorry, guard Guardians. Still going to take me a minute to, you know, get used to that. Uh, three games on Chicago and then really don't have to worry about Detroit and Kansas City. Now, if you think about how many games we, the Twins, have given up late in innings or late in, in, in games or in extra innings, this team could easily be, you know, what's that? You know, 60 and... Uh, 37 something like that um and again not that that's a huge deal now but though again we keep talking about this like this is crunch time in the MLB like when you're if you're a good team this is when you start to show that and this is when you start to separate yourselves now I'm not trying to say Cleveland and Chicago aren't great teams Chicago was favorited to win the AL Central and Everybody had the Twins in the bottom, so that's why we are where we are right now. All I'm saying is if you're in the front office of the Twins, you need to fucking shake things up. Excuse my language. The trade deadline is not far away, and I don't want this season to be all for nothing. I either want this front office to take this shit seriously, try to win a playoff series because there is so much talent on this team that all they really need to do is just get one playoff game, one playoff series under their belts as a win, if not more, and then we can build off that. But we don't have that. We don't have that on the team yet. So this is um 
definitely see them. And if they honestly think, shit, you know, a two-game sweep to the Brewers, we got to start preparing for next year. Fine. But you, they got to do something. They got to do something to indicate to us fans what the hell they plan on um, doing um, going uh, going forward. Um, I just I, – I know I haven't been watching a ton of these games – because we've just been, you know, busy. You know, a lot of the people that listen know I'm, we're in the process of moving and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, whether I'm watching it or keeping up with them, seeing all these losses coming, you know, giving up a run or two that end up being, you know, the one or two deciding runs in the in the eighth inning, in the ninth inning, and in extra innings. It's just, it's nauseating. You know, it's nauseating, especially knowing that, hey, this game we got, you know, six, seven, you know, innings out of Sunny Gray. I mean, shit, I look at this first game against uh, the Brewers. Um, we had Bundy, who started out pitching for us, who unfortunately gave up, um, you know, five earned runs uh, and seven hits, but... <clears throat> struck five guys out in four innings, um, and our reliefs, our relievers just weren't able to, you know, get it done. Now, uh, the second game that happened uh, just yesterday on Wednesday was a little bit, um, sorry, was a little bit of a different story. We were behind the eight ball almost the entire game. You know, we went down three nothing, um, in the first inning, and then after the fourth inning, just amounted to nothing, um. You know, but I even look at, who is it, Chris Archer. I mean, you know, you just, you hate to see um, our starting pitchers just getting belted. Uh, you hate to see, you know, this is obviously, you know, just a bad game, and everybody has bad games. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you just, gosh, it's just, it's frustrating. Um you know, but hey, you know, we've been talking about it the entire season. It's a long, long season. Um, so, yeah, uh, for those that are interested, um, t the Twins will be on a, um, are about to currently be on a three-game series um, in Southern California. Uh, tomorrow at 8.40 p.m., they will be in San Diego to take on the Padres. Uh, Saturday, they will be playing at 6.15 and then Sunday at 3.10 before coming home. And they will get a visit from, excuse me, the Detroit Tigers. They will be playing them 6.40 Monday, August 1st. Tuesday, August 2nd, they will be playing at 6.40 p.m. as well. And Wednesday um, will be at 12.10 p.m. Um, before uh, Thursday at 6.40, starting um, a series, getting a visit from the Toronto Blue Jays. So that is what, excuse me, the Twins um, have on deck. Um, actually, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. Before we move on to um, our other teams, I actually did have a couple people reach out to me this week. Um, weirdly enough, all of them chose to stay anonymous but um all three or four of them essentially alluding to hey uh we've been seeing you know the alleged rumors that carlos correa is wanting a trade out of minnesota uh is this true is it not um 
And, you know, to kind of answer guys' questions, um, you know, again, you know, here, us here at the Mini Weekend, we like to think we're a big deal. <laughs> uh, obviously, I have, so, you, you know, I have some um, people I follow on Twitter and things like that that I know are reliable sources and others that I know aren't as reliable sources. Um, short answer, yes, I've heard of the rumors. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I don't believe they're true. Um, one of them was tweeted by um, a guy who, if you look at his page, or if you look at his photo, it looks like he's, you know, a professional, you know, journalist or something like that. Um, and he's not. His his Twitter name is Benjamin Dover, Ben Dover. Um, and he's just kind of like a, a joke kind of like, you know, page that just kind of does stuff for, you know, clicks and stuff like that. And truthfully, I'm not really too worried about it. You know, what I heard and what I've seen is it's because, you know, he really misses, you know, the Houston fan base and yada, yada, yada. Um, and that's really all I've seen as for why, it, you know, he's allegedly wanting a trade. And I just, I can't help but think if he really wanted to be in Houston, they would have made that happen. Um, so, no, I don't believe it. Uh, I don't think it's true, uh, especially with the trade deadline coming up right now. I feel like if he wanted a trade, he maybe would have requested it um, a little sooner. But I believe, I mean, shit, today is the 28th, and I believe Tuesday the 2nd, you know, sometime that day is like the trade deadline. So it's not like the Toons would have a ton of time, you know, to get it done because he's a player of that caliber. Um, but, yeah, so – um, that is what we have for you guys. Uh, unfortunately, you know, for the wild, um, and, uh, and the Timberwolves, not a ton of, um, not a ton of news, uh, to report on. Um, we talked a couple podcasts ago when it was, uh, just me on that the wild have, um, they have come out with their preseason schedule. Uh, they will be <clears throat> uh, starting their preseason by, I believe, hosting the Avalanche. Yes, hosting the Avalanche on um, September 25th. And then they will actually be starting the regular season hosting the Rangers um, on the 13th. So, you know, again, you know, I, I, I know there have been some trades going on in the NHL. I know um, Calgary got rid of... Uh, or excuse me, offloaded um, Matthew Kachuk with another player to Florida in exchange for Huberto uh, and a couple other guys in a pick, um, which was uh, pretty big. Um, and I know there's some of that stuff going on, but you know, not a whole lot of wild news, unfortunately. Um, and the Timberwolves, you know, again, not a ton to report on. Um, the Timberwolves have not released um, anything for their. Um, uh, for their preseason or regular season uh, so far. Um, I do know, um, you know, guys like uh, Jack White, um, Minots, uh, you know, we've had some guys in the uh, in the summer league that have been doing really well, um, which is awesome. Um, two weeks ago, I know we signed veteran uh, Austin Rivers to a one-year deal, which is um, uh, awesome. He's got some you know, playoff experience to his name. But the biggest thing, you know, it's it's not a lot, but the biggest thing I wanted to talk about was actually Carl Anthony Towns' reaction to the Rudy Gobert trade. And it's actually funny. Um, 
before he was working out when this happened and he didn't know um and it's funny somebody i think it was i think he said it was his girlfriend and he was like hey she was like hey you know did you hear the news about you know rudy and his when he first heard it his initial reaction was oh you know we signed rudy gay like really cool <laughs> um but no we did not sign Ru- rudy gay uh, once again we traded for rudy Gobert, a uh, three-time defensive player of the year, so should be super exciting to see them um, together. Super excited. I mean, you know, I think he brought it up in one of his questions that somebody asked him, you know, two bigs like that, you know, isn't something a lot of people have seen. You know, Carl Anthony Towns, I think, has one of the best, the best, if not one, you know, one of the better, if not one of the best handles for a big man in the game right now. Um so it'll be very interesting to see what they bring to a table on a nightly basis along with guys like, you know, Austin Rivers, um, Jade McDaniels, uh, and then especially uh, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony uh, Edwards. So super fun. Um, we can expect, I th- I believe the NBA usually releases schedules sometime in August, and I know they usually start a little bit after the NHL season. So I think... October 18th, maybe October 20th, something like that for the NBA season. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned on that front. Um, one of the things I wanted to give a huge, huge shout-out to our Minnesota Lynx tonight. Um, they um, they defeated the Atlanta – or no, sorry – the dream, the Atlanta Dream tonight. Um, they've been kind of on a hot streak uh, lately, um, and it looked like I actually caught the end of this game. Um, it looked like they were down for most of the um, for most of the game, and then Atlanta kind of made a stretch at the end that we just withstood. Um, it was, yeah, it was kind of insane the last couple minutes um aerial powers kind of led the way for us with uh 25 uh, points uh sylvia fouls um ended with yet another double double 12 points 14 rebounds um kayla mcbride uh, mariah jefferson both ended up in double figures too so uh you know again you know they're still 11 and 19 so they're out of playoff range right now but um you know they get on a uh get on a couple more runs here and um who knows uh it'd be really cool to see us make the playoffs and maybe win a uh, series or two uh in sylvia fouls last year but um we'll just have to wait and <clears throat> see patiently um so lastly before we go um not a ton of um excuse me um not a ton of stuff to report on training camp is underway um we're still you know the preseason games aren't until august 14th uh we don't start until september 11th but um yeah it's it's pretty it's it's an exciting time to be a be a Vikings fan. You know, a lot of people with a brand new head coach, such a young coach, uh, aren't expecting much, which is awesome. Again, the name of the game in Minnesota sports is when people are counting us out or don't expect us to do well. That's when we typically do show up. 
And then when people are like, oh, yeah, they're going to be amazing, you know, they're Super Bowl favorites, that's when we shit the bed and, you know, are a lottery team the next year. So, um, you know, a lot of, you know, good things to, you know, hit on. Um, within the last day or so, Ju Justin Jefferson has adamantly been telling people, you know, he's not he, – he's focused on being the best wide receiver in the league um you know he obviously wants a contract extension he wants to be here but he's not focused on you know money he's focused on being the best which you know is what you want to hear from a star wide receiver like that i'm sure he and his camp feel like he needs to be paid you know accordingly and rightfully so he's you know a top guy um and then you know you got you know kirk cousins uh stuff i can't i can't remember um um, there was a story published earlier this week about Tim team building philosophies USA Today quoted um, I can't even pronounce his name but our new GM saying the one asset asset where you get nervous about is not burning it down about not burning it down as quarterback um, he also noted the risk in moving on from an established starter in hopes of finding an elite level replacement. Um, but, um, you know, Kirk Cousins is focused on the Minnesota Vikings training camps and, you know, not the comments. Um, you know, and, and rightfully so. I mean, um, somebody asked him uh, the other day if he has any reason to question the Vikings commitment to him. Cousin said, I haven't given him much thought with training camp being so busy and consuming so much of my time, but, you know, I'm really not too concerned about it. And he really shouldn't. I mean, at this point, he's got to go show us that he's deserving of his contract. Um, and um, on that note, there was a story that um, surfaced um, earlier this week that I um, – uh, that I saw a quote on that I thought would be pertinent to bring up today. So, uh, really quickly, a little a little behind the scenes before I get into um what it actually was. So last year, the Vikings started off zero and two. In week three, they beat Seattle Seahawks, and then week four they lost, putting them one and three on the season. The next week, I was at this game, week five. We played Detroit in almost a must-win game. We, you you could argue you go down one and four in the first five games, including a loss to Detroit. I mean, Zimmer should have been fired had we lost. I mean, we beat them barely by nineteen, you know, nineteen seventy points, uh, nineteen seventeen, and should have been a loss, you know, period. But here is where it gets interesting. So. Like I said, Cleveland lost week four, then week five against the Detroit Lions. Uh, we win the game barely. So this is a direct quote from Mike Zimmer on his incident with Kirk Cousins after the Lions game. Quote, tension had been rising between Kirk and myself after the loss to the Browns. I told him face to face he needs to be better. Rightfully so. Quote, or Kirk didn't say a word to me the whole week going into that game versus Detroit. Skip ahead to that last drive, and Kirk comes right up next to me as Greg is getting ready to kick it. Greg nails the kick, and we win the game. And then Kirk turns and grabs me and says, You fucking like that? I just saved your job. 
I was ready to punch him in that moment. Instead, I pushed him off me. That was my breaking point with Kirk right there. So, <laughs> very, very interesting story. Obviously, I believe it. Um, very interesting thing for Kirk to say to Zimmer, considering he technically, like, he got us into field goal range. If I remember that game, it was not a comfortable field goal. You know, Greg Joseph is an amazing kicker, and he should have won us a couple more games than he did last year. But I want to say to win this game, he nailed like a 60 or like a 58-yarder for us. So he put us in position, but it's not like he put us in comfortable position to win the game. Um, So very bold thing of him to say, but I went back and I looked at this. Um, As much as Kirk maybe thinks that he saved him his job, um, Mike Zimmer's lack of um, Mike Zimmer's um, lack of game management and clock management really fucked us in the game. Now I went back and I looked at the schedule. There were only three games late in the games that really fucked us, but there were more games than just those three games. That some of them we won, some of them we lost. We weren't in these instances late in the games, but we gave up a lot of points in the final two minutes of the half. So week eight against Dallas, we had two second half leads of 13 to 10 and 16 to 13 and ultimately lost off a TD pass thrown against us with 51 seconds left in the game. Okay, Week nine, the next week, a game we should have won that we had no business winning. We held two second-half leads as well, 24-10 and 24-17, and we screwed around in the final seconds of the game, ultimately losing in 34-31. We had a legitimate chance to win in regulation and then a legitimate chance to win um, in overtime as well. And then when we gave the Lions their first fucking win of the season in Week 13, um, in Detroit, we went up 27-23 to 23 late in the game, and then again due to not getting a stop, but also clock management gave up a TD as time expired to lose 29-27. to 27. And like I said, on the scheme of things, a lot of you listening to this are thinking, well, you know, Jack, that's three games, you know, lost due to poor clock, you know, game management. You're not wrong, but numerous games, like I said, we won last year where we crapped the bed in the final two minutes of the um, the game or in the first half. And had that not happened, excuse me, had that not happened, we would have been sitting in, you know, completely different um, positions, you know, um, going down there. And you think, okay, you know, Jack, you know, again, that's only three games. Well, let me paint you this picture, okay? Um, if those three games swing in our favor, um, the Vikings would have been sitting with an eleven and six record, which of which would have tied us with Arizona, uh, which would have put us in the sixth, um, in the sixth uh, seed. We would have been tied with the Arizona Cardinals, but by virtue of losing to the Arizona Cardinals again, a game we should have won, we would have had the sixth seed. Um, putting us in a game against the Dallas Cowboys, which, you know, again, was a team we should have beat in the regular season, which I think if we play them in the playoffs, you know, that, you know, we're able to beat them like we should. 
excuse me. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, you know, we're getting so close to, you know, this new season. It's, you know, tough to look back on that season. But like I said, I saw the story come out. I had to bring it up. I had to talk about it. You know, you think about a guy like Kirk Cousins and, you know, I mean, you got to think that's 12. I mean, that's 12, 13 fucking weeks after like, like Mike Zimmer says that's his breaking point. That's 12, 13 weeks where there's just chaos going in between those two guys, you know, not good. Um, you know, Kirk doesn't probably have a whole lot of faith in Zimmer, just like Zimmer doesn't have a lot of faith in him, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, shit, it's also, it's also worth noting that, um, you know, we were essentially after, you know, that because, what was it, we went our last year, our bye week, was um our bye week sorry was week um seven so you know we were three and three going into the bye week and then after that we were we were five and five and six so i mean that just that just goes to show you how important in today's league you know a you know you don't have to be best friends but it goes to show you how important a good relationship between your head coach and your quarterback has to be you know I think, you know, I think about uh, KOC with this offense, you know, I hear guys like Delvin Cook, I hear guys like Adam Thielen, um, Herb Conklin, you know, a lot of these guys are super excited about this offense, you know, hopefully this defense is able to step up and get some more stops this year, um, but, you know, I think a lot of people right now are expecting us, you know, 8-9 last year, 9-8, and eight. Um, and that's not a bar, not not a bad bar to set. You know, brand new coach. We got a lot of brand new people in the building, so I think the pressure isn't on to win right away. But I mean, you ask a lot of people in this organization. I think the ceiling is just as high as anybody else in this league. Um, so with those eight and a half wins, I think Vegas is giving us. I would fucking bet the over like a motherfucker on that so um that um that is all i have for you guys tonight so with that i'm going to leave you with remember this podcast about you guys the listeners if you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer please reach out on instagram tiktok twitter or by emailing us twitter tiktok and instagram handles are at mini weekend and email is mini weekend at gmail.com that's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Mini.